Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Book of Genesis, if you start reading, the Bible tells us the story. Many of us have heard this story if you have ever been to Sunday school. You've heard the story of the creation. The Bible tells us that when God made man, God placed man in the garden of Eden. And the responsibility of man was to tend that particular garden. God also gave man a very simple instruction. You can do whatever you want, but on this particular tree, at this particular corner of the garden, just don't go there. Don't touch it. That shouldn't be a difficult instruction to follow. Don't touch it. Okay? Everything was fine until one day when Satan showed up. And as soon as Satan showed up, the Bible said that he deceived Eve into eating the forbidden tree. Okay? Eating from the forbidden tree. Many of us are familiar with the story. How Eve ate the, uh, ate the, took, the, uh, took the tree, ate out of it, and gave it to her husband. And they well know the result of that particular disobedience. But that's not where we're going this morning. I wanted us to focus our attention on the discussion that took place the, the, the exchange, the dialogue that took place when God eventually showed up at that particular scene of the event. If you pick up the story from verse 8 of Genesis chapter 3, the Bible tells us, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. That is, after they have eaten the tree, after they have eaten from the tree, after they have disobeyed the Almighty God, the Bible said they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And the rest of the Lord God among the tree of the garden. And the Lord said, and the Lord called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And the Lord said, Who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten from the tree of the garden which I command you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman that you gave me. The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord said to the woman, oh boy, what's your own story? Yeah, what have you done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate it. Now, look at this verse of the scripture. Very interesting exchange. These people, the Lord gave the only one instruction. You can do whatever you want, but just one thing, don't do it. And they did it. Eventually, when they were caught, it's just like when you put your, when you see a little boy put his hands in a cookie jar that has chocolate covering on top of it, and you eat the cookie, and then there's chocolate all over your face, and say, what happened? There's nothing, nothing, you know? That is exactly what's happening here. Adam was caught with his hand in the cookie jar, and he was now asked, Adam, where are you? And there's all those sort of things happening. So I want you to notice certain things that happened in this verse of the scripture that we've read. Now, the verse of the scripture gives us a clue as to the trouble of humanity today. The trouble of men, the trouble of women, the trouble of young boys, boys, young girls. The trouble that we see today, you see the genesis of that trouble in that verse of scripture. That verse also gives us a clue. It gives us an idea, an indication why men fail in life. This verse gives us an idea of it. If you observe very carefully in that particular conversation that took place, you will notice that God asked a very simple question. Adam, where are you? It's a very simple question. 
Okay, you will notice that when they ask that particular question, you will notice that Adam did not answer that question. The Lord said, Where are you? And Adam, what did that have? Adam could have said, Here I am. But he didn't say that. You will notice that Adam did not respond. The, 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 the thing you will finally notice that when Adam eventually responded, what was it? What, what did he say? He gave an excuse for what had happened in his life. Adam responded with an excuse. He said, I am here. Where I, he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid and I, because I was naked and I hid myself. That's not the question. The question is, where are you? Okay? He didn't ask you what you were doing, whether you were hiding or whether you were naked. He said, where are you? And Adam gave excuse as his response. Then you will notice that the Lord followed up with the, you know, followed up with the question. In verse number 11, the Lord told him, he said, who told you that you are naked? Okay, who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten from the tree which is command, which I, of which I command you not to uh, that you should not eat? Notice Adam again. Adam definitely must be a Nigerian he, because he doesn't answer the question. You notice that he did not, he did not answer the question, but instead he gave a response that caused trouble for the whole of humanity. The Bible says rather than own up to his own sin, he simply say, yes, I ate the fruit. The Lord said, have you told you that you are, who told you, don't ask him two questions, who told you that you are naked? Could have just said, well, it's because of the consequence. And then he said, have you eaten? All the answer was that, yes, I have eaten and I'm sorry. But he took the excuse to a different level. He took excuse to a different level. The Bible says that he blamed other people. Instead of taking the responsibility for himself. Bible says that, he said, the woman whom you give to be with me, she gave me the tree and I did eat. It was like the woman was a Goliath. Okay? I remember in those days when we were watching Israel, when we were watching the wrestling, there's this man called Mighty Ego. You know, Mighty Ego was very, very big wrestler. It's like if all of a sudden became Mighty Ego and lock and knock down, I knock down uh, uh, Adam and say, Adam, you must eat this thing. Now by force, you must eat it. And he now shove it in his neck and hold his throat and say, that's what this man was trying to tell God. He said, it is the woman that you gave me to be with me. That is the person that gave it to me. In his response, Adam was saying, look, God, don't look at me. Whatever you are seeing happening here, it's not my fault. After all, actually it is your fault, God. Because you are the one that gave me the woman. Because if you did not give me the woman, I won't be eating this thing. If you had left me alone, everything would have been fine. Basically, Adam was blaming God for the mistake that he made. Can you imagine for a second? If Adam, when the Lord asked him, Adam, what happened? And Adam said, God, I screwed up. If Adam had responded, Lord, I ate what you told, I did what you told me not to do. If Adam had said that I disobeyed you, I ate from the tree, I have sinned, forgive me. Do you think, can you imagine what the story would have been? Instead of Adam owning up to his own sin, instead of Adam admitting that he made a mistake and that he disobeyed God, what we saw was his readiness to give excuses. He was ready to give excuses. Even when he failed. And you see a lot of people today, they have made mistakes, they have done the thing they are, suppo- they are not supposed to do, and when they are caught, the next thing is that what? They give an excuse. A policeman stops you at the red light, you say, well, the thing did not turn live quick enough. Or there was a man standing in front of me, I didn't want to, that's why I just went through the thing. You will always find an excuse to give, you know. So, when instead of him owning up, he was ready to give excuse. He, you know, instead of, instead of him owning up to his own mistake, there was a willingness to blame others for his own action. 
Success will be elusive to those who easily apportion blame to others. Instead of you taking responsibility for your own action, if you blame another person, success will be far from that person. So instead of Adam saying that I am sorry, he had a tendency to blame others. What we saw was a failure and a refusal to accept responsibility, you know, on the part of Adam. Because he was the one who ate the sin. He was the one that got the instruction. He was the one that the Lord told, do not eat out of this tree. When the woman brought it to him, he had the option of saying no. But he had the fear. But the problem is that Adam failed because Adam will not accept responsibility. Adam made a mistake in judgment and simply refused to accept that he made a mistake. He did not even have the courage to say, Lord, this is my mistake. Instead, he was trying to blame the Almighty God for putting a woman in his life. And the result you see, is a very, very costly result. This attitude that is exhibited by Adam, the attitude of blaming God, the attitude of blaming his wife, the attitude of blaming other people, the attitude of not taking responsibility, this attitude of irresponsibility is the beginning of all bondage and failure in the life of those who practice it. If you refuse to take responsibility for your own action, you'll be limited in how far you are going to go in life. This attitude of irresponsibility is the reason that many are held down in the same spots. It is the reason why many are not making progress. In other words, irresponsibility is the reason for why men fail in life. One of the reasons why men fail is when you fail to take responsibility. Be it irresponsibility with your time. Be it irresponsibility with your talent. Irresponsibility with the resources that God has committed into your hand. Irresponsibility with your relationship. You name it. Irresponsibility with whatever is committed to your care will lead to bondage. Either bondage to lack, bondage to want, bondage to insufficiency, bondage to loneliness, bondage to failure. And I want you to look at a verse of the scripture which is very interesting. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. We all know the story there. The Bible tells us that Jesus was giving them an example. He was talking about the parable of the talent. The Bible says that there was a master that had three servants. Okay, had so many servants, but they were only, three of them were illustrated. One, he gave five talents. He gave another one three, uh, two talents. And he gave another one one talent. The Bible tells us that the master went away, allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do with that particular talent. And at the end of the day, the Lord God Almighty told us that he came back for an accounting. He asked them, I have given you this talent. What did you do with it? Let's pick up the story from verse number 20 of chapter 25. The Bible tells us that he says, so he had, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. Verse number 21. And the Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. In other words, the Lord God Almighty was happy that you took what was given to you and you multiplied it. You invested it. You went to work and you caused it to, to grow. But if you go to verse number 24, the Bible now tells us a different kind of conversation that was taking place by the people who came for accounting. In verse number 24, the Bible says, Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know you are you know, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. Can you imagine you are telling your boss like that? Do you think the boss will be happy and give you a promotion? 
It's not going to happen. But this is what the guy was saying. That my friend, you are a very nasty human being. And because you are a nasty human being, verse number 25, I was afraid of what you are going to do to me. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. In other words, you don't deserve for me to work for you. That's what he's saying. What you have given to me, there's no point in me. There's no point investing my time developing it. There's no point growing it. The talent of the ability to sing, there's no point doing it. The ability to be able to manage, there's no point doing it. The ability to be able to take the gift that you have given unto me and multiply it. I don't want to do it because you are not the kind of person who will sow in a place where you, who wants to reap where you have not sowed. And because of that, look at the response. Look at the response of his master. Verse number 26. But his Lord answered and said unto him, you wicked and lazy servant. I want you to pay attention to that lazy servant. It's not just that the man is lazy. It's not just that the man is wicked. The man is lazy. You are given one talent and you didn't do anything. He said, you knew that I reap where I have not sown. So I am not, my character is not, my character is not strange to you. And I gather where I have not, where I have not scattered. He said, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. Put my money where you can give me results. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. In other words, it is not enough for me to just come and get back what you gave to me because it's a wasted, it's a wasted effort. You would have put it in a place where you can get a regenerate something for me. Now, I want you to pay attention to verse number 28 because this is where a lot of people have problems when it comes to prosperity. Okay? Verse number 28. The Bible says that the master now gave instruction. He said, take the talent from him. And give it to him, uh, give it to him who has 10 talents. If you live in America today, they will say that is unjust. Right? That somebody already has 10. One guy has one. You are going to take from that one and give it to the one that has 10. That is injustice. That is just bad. We're talking about the 10 for 1 percenter. These are the people who are spoiling the world. That is the understanding that would have given in this day America today. But you look at the Bible makers to understand. This is the reason. This verse of the scripture is the reason why the rich continue to get rich and the poor continue to get poor if they don't know how to handle resources. Because why would you continue to give your money to somebody who will lose it? You won't do it. In your own life, you will not co continue to give money to somebody who continue to light fire and put under that particular money and just waste it. You won't do it. But if you give money to somebody who continues to multiply it, you give money to one person, a dollar to a boy, and that boy turns that boy dollar to two. You, you give two dollars to that boy, he turns it to four. You are happy to give more money to that person. Why? Because that person knows how to generate income. He knows how to multiply the money. He knows how to make things grow. But there's another one that knows how to make things die. You do not. You will not continue to give your money to those kind of people. And that is why the Bible tells us, look at verse number 29 and see what the destruction that the Lord said gave. He said, for everyone that ha who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even that, which, even what he has will be taken away from him. If you read that today in our culture, they say God is a terrible God. After all, the man needs money. After all, the guy needs to be taken care of. You should continue to give him money. We should tax the rich until the rich disappear. You should continue to take everything they have. They have to pay their fair share. But the Lord is saying, no. You do not tax productivity. You do not take away from the people who are able to generate more. 
You do not continue to hurt you. You do not continue to punish the people who are productive. The Lord is saying, for everyone that, that has, more will be given. The reason is because they can produce more. But if you keep taking from the man who is producing more and you are giving it to the person who is wasting it, at the end of the day, everybody will be equal and they will be equally poor. And the Lord Almighty says, no, that's not the way these things work. In other words, the more responsible you are with the resources that is committed unto you, the more we got, the more resources we are going to get. Forget about money for a second. Look at a person who has a large heart. Person who is always welcoming. Person who is always caring for other people. What do you find? A lot of people will gather around that person. Why? Because that person gives out a lot. The more productive you are with your talent, with your resources, with your wisdom, with the things that you, the more you give out, the more you receive. It is the principle of nature. But look at a man who is always selfish about himself. Who is selfish about his time. Selfish about his wisdom. Selfish about the things that pertain unto him. What do you find? Those kind of people, people don't move close to them. Why? Because they know that they don't care for any other person apart from themselves. And you will find that that they will end up being alone. In other words, the more responsible you are with the resources committed to your care, the more you will have. And if you are irresponsible with what you have been given, you will lose what you have been given and nobody will commit anything new into your hands. For many of us who are sitting out here, you find that you have sent money to Africa. A brother and sister say they want to start a business. You collected money you sent to them. The money for the business, the profit from the business, whatever they did, you never see a dime. After they wait for you six months or nine months or one year, they call you again. This is another business that is going on. You send money again. By the time you did it three, four times, it will get to a point. You say, okay, you are more like a kalokalo. You're just taking my money. You're just taking the money away. You're not, you're not giving me results. Will you continue to put your money there? Of course you won't do it. If you as a human being will not invest in a failed venture, why do you think God will do the same thing? Why do you think God will do it? But assuming you have a brother or you have a sister in back home in Africa and you are sending money to that person, you send that person, you send that person a particular car, and before you know what that happened, the guy has made that car to produce a second car. You send that person a bus, and for some reason they have turned that bus into three, four, five. What happened? You will be so glad to go into debt in America so that you can ship the whole of America to that person so that they can turn it into a good thing. That is the way this thing works. It is not magic. It is not magic. So when we are expecting people to act contrary to the laws of nature, we are being unreasonable. God will not do it. If you are irresponsible with what you have been given, nobody will commit anything new into your hands. It's not possible. Look at your place of work. Your boss gives you an assignment. This assignment is due on Monday morning. Monday morning you say, oh God, I'm sorry, I overslept. There was water in the house. You know it was raining since last week. Water entered into my house. The first time your excuse will go. Your guy will say, no problem. I give you till Wednesday. So finish up. On Wednesday you come, they say, the dog ate my computer. <laughs> On the same, say, no problem. Dogs these days are becoming very, very terrible. So they eat computers now. No problem. Let's move it to next week Monday. On next week Monday you come, oh, my son was in the hospital. That was what happened. I spent the whole weekend in the hospital. And then the guy said, okay, that's number three. Let's move it to Friday. By the time Friday comes, you say, what happened? Hmm. As I was doing this work, I have finished it all completely. All of a sudden, there was a electric shock. My computer just froze. Everything just went. At one point in time, your guy will say, something is wrong with you. Okay? And he will stop giving you assignments. And you can be sure that promotion will be very far from that person. 
The reason is because you are becoming irresponsible. Okay? You are becoming irresponsible. So I tell you again, if you are irresponsible with what you have been given, nobody in their right sense will commit anything to your care. Regardless of what it is, they will not commit it into your care. Okay? So the question this morning is, what is this thing that we are called irresponsibility? What is this thing called irresponsibility? Irresponsibility is a lack of proper sense of responsibility. It is the refusal or unwillingness to answer to authority. Lack of responsibility, refusal to answer to authority, it is a lack of accountability. When you are asked to say, okay, this is what you have been given, the assignment that you have been given, let's now give account, and you don't want to give an account, that is irresponsibility. Irresponsibility is when you have done something, and you are passing the blame, or you are trying to fault other people for the thing that you refuse to do. That is irresponsibility. Irresponsibility is when you are looking for excuses for not doing what you are supposed to do. It's justifying the reason why you are not doing what you are supposed to do. That is irresponsibility. And because irresponsibility does not like to answer to authority, it does not like accountability, loves to give excuses, the spirit of irresponsibility is the spirit that enslaves a man. It puts you in slavery. The spirit of irresponsibility has the way of putting you in slavery because you find that you are not able to move forward. It's the spirit that likes to control you because you find out that you are not able to do anything meaningful. The spirit of irresponsibility will stagnate your life. I give you an example of the place of work right now. If you are irresponsible at the place of work, you can never be promoted. Even if now your father gets the job, you will not be promoted. Because at one point in time, your guy will get tired. Even if it's your own business, you'll find that you are not going to move forward. So it stagnates. The spirit of irresponsibility also does what? It deprives you of the blessings that you are supposed to get. When you are supposed to do what you are supposed to do and you refuse to do it, you deprive yourself of the blessings. It shackles you. It ties you down. When you keep blaming other people for your own mistakes, you keep blaming other people for your own misfortune, you keep blaming other people for the things that you have done, you are going to be tied down to the same spot. You are not moving forward. And if you look into the book of Genesis, God gave Adam a very, very high role in the universe. The Bible says after God created everything, he told Adam, say you name them. Whatever Adam called it, that was what that particular thing became. Adam had that so much power. If you read from verse number 26 of Genesis chapter 1, the Bible tells us that after God has made him, he said, God said unto them, say let us make man in our own image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the, uh, uh, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. And in his own image, God created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over everything that everything that moves upon the earth. In other words, the Lord God Almighty gave Adam a lot of power. Gave him a lot of ability. Gave him a lot of authority. He gave him, he positioned Adam to be a fruitful person. The Lord Almighty positioned Adam to have a lot of productivity, which means anything Adam was doing was prospering. A Lord of God Almighty positioned Adam to have a lot of authority. If Adam spoke a word, that was the law. A Lord Almighty gave him the power to have dominion. Everywhere Adam went, Abraham was receiving the salutation of a king. Not only that, the Lord Almighty positioned him for success. This guy was the man. I mean, when you see Adam, you know this is, this is the guy. That is the guy that everybody wanted to be like. He was positioned to be the epitome of success. And to maintain that position, the Lord Almighty just gave him one single instruction. Don't eat this tree. That's all. 
manage the resources that are given to your hand. Protect the things that I've given unto you. Make it productive. That was the reason. That was the only instruction the Lord gave unto him. He did well for a while, but when he sinned, when he blamed others for his sin, when he refused to acknowledge the sin, he lost that exalted position. And my brothers and sisters, that is what irresponsibility does to you. When you are not responsible for your life, when you don't show a responsibility for your talents, when you don't show responsibility for time, what you will find that it will rob you of the potential of what you are supposed to have. Many of us have heard about Africa. We say Africa has the potential to be great. We hear about it. There was this particular commercial that was done, I think, way back in 85. They were talking about Nigeria. They say, if you scratch more grants more, oil will come out. I mean, there was a lot of things, that, a lot of resources in there. But the problem is that why is Africa not living up to its potential? The reason is because of irresponsibility. Not just of the leaders, because it's easy for people to blame leaders. But I always argue that the leaders, the people will get the kind of leaders that they deserve. But that's a story for another day. Irresponsibility will rob you of your potential. You see a student that is very, very smart. But that student is so irresponsible, doesn't know how to study. It will, that student will never be the best that it's supposed to be. You see a worker that is very, very good at his job. You see a, a musician that is very talented, but they are not disciplined enough to practice. They will never be the best. You look at whatever you do in life. Yeah, you do not give it your best and you are irresponsible about it. The potential is there. But you will never be able to accomplish, you will not be able to pull out the very best. Irresponsibility will rob you of the potential. That's what happened to Adam. Adam had the potential to be the greatest. But they lost that because of irresponsibility. The sad truth is that the spirit of irresponsibility is resident in every one of us. All of us look for a way to be able to blame other people. That's what the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you read from verse number 20, the Bible tells us, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. In other words, the desire to avoid uh, responsibility, the desire to avoid authority is natural to all of us. If you do something wrong right now, and nobody is there, and you have the opportunity to blame somebody else, many of us will do it. Because that is natural to us. But the question, that the thing that has always interests me is this. If the desire for irresponsibility is natural to all of us, how is it that some people are able to avoid it and some people are not able to? Why do some people live responsible life and some people live irresponsible lifestyle? If we all have that tendency, why? How, do, how does irresponsibility become a stronghold in the life of an individual that they are not able to break free from it? That they always blame others for their lifestyle? How is it that is, what strengthens irresponsibility in the life of an individual? I will suggest some things to you. The first one is that when you believe a lie, when you believe a lie, you will live a life of irresponsibility. This is what happened to, this is what happened to Adam and Eve. The Bible told them that God already told them, don't eat this thing. But the day, but the Satan came and Satan told them a lie and they believed that lie. The same thing happened to us as individuals. If we believe that we can get something for nothing, you will live an irresponsible life. If you believe that you can get away with stuff without being caught, you will live an irresponsible life. If you believe a lie that a student who does not study will always pass an exam, you will live, you will, you, you will live an irresponsible life. If you live a, if you believe that yes, as an athlete, okay, I'm a football player or I'm a basketball player or I'm a musician or whatever, I don't need to practice. God has already deposited. If you believe that lie, you will never be able to move forward. You will live an irresponsible lifestyle. 
So irresponsibility is strengthening the life of an individual when he believes a lie. Number two, irresponsibility is strengthening the life of an individual when that person is submerged in lies. Okay? When they submerge in life and they live a life of willful deception. Willful deception. That is where you look at yourself and you say you are the best thing that ever happened after sliced bread. Even when you know that you are not as good as you are. But you keep telling yourself that you are the best thing that ever happened. When you live a life of self-deception, that is what happened. You become irresponsible. Number four, number three, when you continue to accompany with evil association, people who keep telling you that you are this, people who keep lying to you, if you keep that particular company, you will live an irresponsible lifestyle. Number four, when you dissociate yourself from the Almighty God, when you dissociate yourself from the Spirit of the Almighty God that tells you the truth, that, pay, that gives you a picture of who you are, when you dissociate yourself, you will live a life of irresponsibility. That's why the spirit of irresponsibility is running rampant in our community, running rampant in our society. Because nobody wants to keep in mind, nobody wants to maintain God in their consciousness anymore. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.